man so great to, to talk to you so great to watch see that movie man born and born a champion you know uh appreciate it brother i watch it with my family uh i think it's the best jiu-jitsu movie uh, i've ever seen you know i know they had i the- I, I, <laughs> I appreciate it brother coming from an og like you you know what i mean it's uh that that means a lot you know there's a there's a everybody has levels of critics you know for every film but I got to say, man, you're in the pool that's at the top of the heap, man. If, if guys like you see it and they give it an approval and not an approval, that's the world to me, man. It's like there's a handful of those dudes. Dude, I, I, I saw you fight. I saw you fight Javi Vasquez in what, 2001 or something? Yeah, 2001. Uh, actually, yeah. it was something early. Two, 2004, late, I think. 2000. It does, no, 2003. 2003, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So, I mean, I've, I've, I've followed you since since I discovered the sport, man. So, uh, you know, to get a nod from, from the old school players that kind of brought it to my, brought the whole martial art to my attention. It honestly, and no smoke at all. That, 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 that means the world to me, brother. Thank you, man. I mean, me, uh, you know, I, I feel that, you know, cause you, you get it, you understand. Uh, you know, when I first started fighting MMA, right. I was, I was representing jujitsu. I was, res- I was representing now UFC is in a different place, right? It's like the, be- the yeah. better athlete, but I still got the end of it, right? Where I was representing jujitsu, and uh, yeah, it was it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, just every every part of it, I loved it. You know. No, I, I remember you know watching you fight and going to those King of the Cage events, and you were, my recollection maybe a, a little bit, a tiny bit off, but I think you were the only black belt in the entire organization. So when you went into inside the cage, it was like, here's our guy, man. This is the dude. And yeah, it yeah. was, I mean, I think Javi was like the only other. I remember Dean Lister back then. It was like you, Javi, and Dean in King of the Cage mm-hmm. that were like the only right. three black belts really to my, and every time you guys walked on, it was like, holy shit, this is our team right here. You know, it's it's crazy, man. Cause you, that's what I, that's what, that's what I felt when I watched the movie. Like this guy knows what's up. He understands all from, even from the earlier, early, earlier days, like in the nineties, you know, I wanted to ask you kind of about your history with, you know, with everything. Of course. But I, yeah, when I fought the King of the Cage, Javi Oscars, right. There was, it was King of the Cage was right next to UFC, right. As far as popularity and, you know, was yeah. King of the Cage was coming up. And I remember like BJ Penn fought Coluno and, uh, me, my Javi Vasquez and my my fight was like I think it got like the same ratings. It was really close, you know. Um, it was like that draw, the second fight that they had. No, so. it was it was truly either one of those organizations could have gone on to be the UFC we know of today. Either one, they were splitting hairs at that point. I yeah, was there. Yeah, crazy man, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So go, going back to like, how did you get started in jiu-jitsu? What's you grew up, I remember when you, uh, I was training together in Hollywood, you know, at, at your gym um, uh, with Sean Williams. And, uh, and uh, how, how, you, I remember you grew up in Los Angeles, correct? No, I actually grew oh. up in Texas. I, uh, I was born in Lake Charles, Louisiana. So I'm a Southern boy, man. I grew up in Texas. Uh, I didn't move out to LA until I, I wrote a piece of children's theater. And I was going to University of St. Thomas in, in Houston. And I wrote a piece of children's theater and I wanted to drive out there and produce this play as a writer. And uh, so that's how I ended up in LA. I've been a martial artist since I was nine years old. I started in, in various, I started in a McDojo, probably the same story that a lot of people have. Um, you know, my, my, 
my sensei, his name was Jimmy Dean, if you can believe that. And my granddaddy used to make fun of him and called him Sensei Sausage after the sausage patties. Um, because I'm not kidding. Uh, sensei Sausage could, could probably not go up two flights of stairs without getting gassed. I mean, a typical McDojo. Probably, I've never, I never saw him lift his leg above his waist. You know, and he was teaching us uh, a, a version of karate. And it was next to a Piggly Wiggly grocery store, which is a big kind of, well, it used to be a big chain in the South. My, my dad worked and, there when he was a kid. It, is that right, Piggly Wiggly? Oh, wow, that's great, man. That? Yeah. Um, so it, it was right next to a Piggly Wiggly. And, uh, and, and uh, shortly after that, I found, you know, real true martial arts. Got into Shotokan, Gojiru, and then Taekwondo, and which I stayed with for a very long time. Um, and Hickson, I didn't know who, who he was at the time. Obviously, I saw UFC in 93. Uh, uh, November 23rd, I want to say, 93. Um, and, you know, for every martial artist out there, the clouds opened up, you know, and we saw something happening that was almost, almost universal. It's If you knew this martial art and the other person didn't, there was almost an absolute chance of victory. And I'd never seen that before. And And, and, and just like you, I'm sure... We all kind of saw that and went, well, hang on. I don't know about that. I mean, this guy in a gi, he kind of grabbed him, sort of drug him to the ground. And then I don't know what happened, but he, he kind of climbed on top. Of him, and then the guy gave up. I don't know what happened. I mean, they said it was a choke there, but I couldn't see it. And he was grabbing onto his collar with something. And it, you, you see that and you think, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that would choke me. I don't know if somebody could just drag me to the ground. And I think we all kind of lived with that. And you know, half, half the population wanted it to be true. And the other half had a healthy skepticism. And I had a healthy skepticism, but the more time went on, you know, I, I wanted to train it. Like everybody else, I wanted to see this magic. And it was before the internet, you know? Like you couldn't, you couldn't go to the yellow pages and just look up, oh, Hoist Gracie. And that was the only Gracie, as far as Block, I knew, there was only one person. Blockbuster video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. Well, man, I saw UFC 1 the first time it came on pay-per-view. You were probably too young. But, I mean, I saw that live. Yeah, I, I remember. Watched on... Yeah, whenever that was coming out, people were talking about it. And months in advance, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So there's a, there's a, there's a cage? And they're just going to put two humans in and see who wins? Yeah. Whoa. And we were all looking forward to it. Anyway, so, you know, we saw that. And I... As a martial artist, I wanted to try this stuff. I wanted to train this, but you couldn't. You couldn't just yellow pipe page Hoist Gracie. And at that point in time, I, th there was only one person with the last name Gracie. It was Hoist. And uh, Jerry Banks had a karate studio in the Pacific Palisades. And as I'm sure you know, Hickson had his uh, his Pico Academy in the mid '90s, right. and he closed that down. And he was opening up a nicer, fancier one because the Pico was kind of a back, you know, industrial garage, roll up aluminum doors. And he was starting one on Barrington, Wilshire and Barrington, right there, UCLA. Mm. And in the meantime, while they were building it out, he rented out mat space from Jerry Banks. And so I saw this guy come in and they start putting mats down. And on the bottom of the gi, you know, it said R-I-C-K-S-O-N. I don't know, probably some American plumber that, that dabbled in, some martial art but he was partnered with somebody named gracie and so i, I asked i said i said are you are you guys uh affiliated with hoist gracie and he goes yeah he's my brother i was like what 
Like, yeah, I had no idea. I was asking Michael Jordan if he was related to David Jordan. You know what I mean? No, no offense to Hoist Gracie, but I don't right, know. Right, right. We, we didn't know. We didn't know Hickson, right? In the U.S. We saw yeah, Hoist Gracie knew. in the U.S. And, you know, he said, he's my brother. I said, wow. I said, so this is the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. He said, yeah, my friend. I said, man, I've, I've been looking for you guys. I've, I, he goes, I said, I've never done this before, but I, man, I, and he walked to the back. He came back out and he threw me a gi. He goes, man, put the gi. Tonight you're going to train. I said, it, it, can I, is that okay? He said, yeah, my friend, put the gi on. And uh, you know, all the players. So I'll give you some names. You know, Henry Aikens. Yep. Henry's little brother's Matt, Matt Aikens. And uh, I knew the belt system went white, blue, purple, brown, black. And I knew Matt, I saw Matt across the way, and he was about 130, 35 pounds soaking wet. You and I have always been about the same size, 160 to 170. Um, I look across the mat, and uh, when it came time to spar, I saw this guy, 135 pounds soaking wet, and he was only a blue belt. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I picked him. I went over and just said, do you want to go? And I said, yeah, sure. And I didn't do that to be a bully. I did it because I thought, I've heard so many magical stories about this martial art. In my brain, honestly, I thought, if this dude can even give me some semblance of a hard time, man, I will. everything I've seen is true. Well, we all know how the story ends. I mean, he, we clapped hands. He took my back, choked me. We started over again. He arm locked me. We started again. He took me down, mounted me, uh, kind of just gave me opportunity to escape, knew nothing, turned me over, took my back, choked me again, ankle lock, shoulder lock, wrist lock. And there, there wasn't a thing that I could even attempt to do to avoid it. And he did it over and over again. Um, after just the like class- you, Just like you showed in the movie. That, that, that's, that's exactly it. And I, 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 I didn't have a recipe. And, and, it, and it was one of the biggest confounding issues of my martial arts career. I was presented with the truth. And I, I either had to learn that or I had to accept that there was somebody out there every time I entered an alley that if they knew it and I didn't, they were leaving with every material possession that I had. And I, I, I signed up for classes that day. I signed up for two times a week and that lasted one class. The next time I came back, I changed it to unlimited and I, I never left Hickson's Academy until, uh, you know, then, then as you know, Hickson went back to Brazil, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, he lost his son and, yeah. And uh, so, so the, the academy kind of took took on a couple of different directions, and uh, I, I, I happened to be doing a, a movie uh, called End of the Fire in '03. I want to say I was a, I was a purple belt. Yeah, '03. I was a purple belt, and uh, I was doing a movie in New York called Into the Fire, and uh, I spent some time out there. So Hickson called. Kenzo and said, Hey, you know, a good student of mine is going to be out there. Could he go to, you know, so, because back then you, you didn't train at another Academy unless, right. unless it was approved by Hickson. And uh, so I started training at him. That's where I met Sean Williams, John Danaher. That's where I met uh, all the guys. And uh, by the time I came back, you know, Hickson had left and it was all. So I, so I continued my run under Sean Williams, Danaher, Henzo Gracie, those guys. And uh, so those are my two lineages climbing up the ranks and uh i i i i am very blessed that i that i i fell kind of haphazardly under two wonderful umbrellas such as i did what what belt did you get up to with Hickson? uh i went white blue per I, I, man i i think i have uh 
man, pictures, uh, as every, every martial artist knows, man, it's like you have, you have photos of every, every single moment oh. and belt. It's like, I'll tell you, whenever I got my, my black belt, um, John Danaher was the one that, uh, beat me with the black belt. And I have pictures of that dude with hair, <laughs> which, uh, most people don't know that he ever had hair, but, uh, I also, I mean, I, I point, uh, uh, let's see. Hoyler is the one that uh, was in town and the one that tied my purple around my waist. So then I went, I went brown and black under Sean Williams, Henzo Gracie lineage, um, and white, blue, and purple. The, you had the Gracie lineage. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, to be honest, it, 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 it. Uh, I'd love to say that I sought out that limit, but I didn't. I mean, it kind of fell into my lap. If if, if I would have uh, stumbled on you and I said, "Oh my God, you know this," then I, we'd be sitting here talking right, today right, right. as father and son in, in martial arts. But uh, it was it was so unheard of back then that to to actually find somebody that knew it was. I mean, I thought I'd discovered, you know, the unknown fountain of youth. It it, it truly was mind boggling to me. I'm very grateful, you know. Why do you think it, it means so much for each belt? Because you still have Man, the pictures. Look, look at this. There you go. That's uh, John Danaher with a head of hair and Sean Williams. Full head of May 4th of 08 when I got my black belt. Um, you know, why do I think it means so much? You know, I, I posted on Instagram a number of years ago. <clears throat> there was a picture of... Tyron Woodley, and he was in tears on his knees in the cage. He had just won a match, but I watched that match. He won the match. He got his hand raised. He retained the title. He didn't start crying until his instructor came into the cage and presented him with a black belt. The dude got a gold belt wrapped around his waist, and I'm sure it was a monumental moment but it didn't affect the tear duct. When his instructor walked into the cage and presented him with a black belt, he went to his knees and he cried. And I think I posted on Instagram, you wanna know what a black belt means? That's what it means. This guy just ascended the top of the mountain in his mm -hmm. chosen field. But what brought him to his knees was the martial art that got him there, or one of them. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how powerful it is. That's what it means. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, if I had to trade in one of my accomplishments, my black belt wouldn't be it. it. It wouldn't even be in consideration. And I don't mean the belt. I mean all the relationships, all the things it taught me, the confidence, the skill set, all of those things that, that, that enhance my life. That wouldn't even be in consideration of me relinquishing for any amount of money. And I know that sounds nonsensical, but you know, I mean, I could come up to you right now and say, hey, Alberto. I got a suitcase with 50 million in cash and you look me in the eye and you tell me that you would trade everything that you've gotten from jujitsu for that. You'd be a liar if you did. Uh, yeah, no way. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way. And people, people think you're full of shit when you say that, but it's the God's honest truth. Now I can tell you this, there's plenty of things that people have seen me do in my life that they, I guarantee you, they think I hold in higher value. Maybe it's a, a film or a movie and I'm, I'm not kidding. And I'm not, downgrading my profession 
but there are there are plenty of movies that I would take that suitcase for, plenty of them, but not that belt, not that martial art. I wouldn't do it. It's not even close. I felt that when I watched when I watched the movie, I felt that afterwards. I, you know, I watched it with my kids, right? Um, and uh, then I, but the the what do you call it? The credits at the end, and you wrote the movie. You you wrote you wrote it. You you. I mean, it was it was your movie, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I wrote it. If you watch the credits, that's my son. Um, yeah, both of the boys. Sons. Both, both of, sons. Yeah. yeah, I watched that. Both of, both, both I saw of that on sons. Instagram. Yeah, after. Yeah, it, it's it's. I wrote that story in 2007. So so I wrote it as a brown belt, um, and it took me that long to get the film made. Um, and uh, you know, I I I I was the the fight choreographer. I was the fight coordinator, um, the stunt choreographer coordinator. Um, I did all aspects of that because it's, it's, it's that important to me, you know, and there's a lot of, in making a film like that, you know, there, there's certainly opportunities to make the jujitsu more dynamic. And certainly you're going to have guys that, uh, you know, the, the powers that be that may want, well, could he throw a couple of flying kicks in there? What about some spinning elbows or, and, uh, you know, so, so some of those were a bit of a struggle to get the film made the way that I want it to be made. But I wanted to write a story about the jujitsu that I fell in love with. And that jujitsu didn't have any barambolas or any flying omoplatas in it. That jujitsu was ugly. It was slow. It was methodical. The jujitsu that I fell in love with is the jujitsu that I didn't know what to make of when I saw Hoist sort of drag somebody down and throw a karate kick to a knee. What was that? I don't even know what it was. And it made the guy halt his approach and make, make clinch accessible. I didn't know what I was seeing, but that's the jujitsu that I fell in love with. And that's the jujitsu that I learned at my core. I, I didn't, I didn't even understand there was something called double guard pull until I, I, I was a brown belt. You know, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even understand that concept, you know, coming from that school. It, 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 it was a, uh, and that's what I wanted to present. And, and that's no, nothing disparaging against, right, against right, right, right. different styles at all. I, right. I, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that if, if somebody studies a very tactical sports system, they're, they're, if you cloned myself and taught myself that, that, that person would outpoint me. They would, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing disparaging. I think everybody has a mission statement and they, they should pursue the martial art according to that mission statement. Well, my mission statement was the one that I fell in love with. And uh, that's what I wanted to put on film, man. What did it mean to you, you know, finally having this, finishing this, this, this project, this 13 year, 13 year project? Yeah, you know, now it's, uh, having it's your sons, 14 years. Having your sons in it on top of that. You know, it's- I, uh, I got emotional when I, when I saw that it was your sons, both of your sons at the different age, age groups. I got emotional uh, seeing that that those posts. I was like, "Oh my god, man!" It, 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 talk about life's work and those kinds of things, and you're talking about how much a black belt means to you, and then seeing you with you know you 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 know your 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 profession. Uh, it was I was I was blown away. I was like, "I I got to talk to you." Well, man, I'll tell you, it's uh, you know, as emotional as as people may say 
the film made them. It, 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 I promise you it won't come close to how emotional it made me. You know, to, to be able to do that with my boys, to be able to give them probably one of the most valuable gifts I've been able to accrue and give to myself through the knowledge of all the other players, the players that I listed in the credits, to be able to hand that down as a legacy to my boys, it's, it, it, I, I don't know, I, I, you know, I, I, I hope, I hope, I certainly hope that's not the peak of the mountain, but I don't know that I'll ever top that, you know, it truly is. And, and, you know, you watched it with your family. Uh, my boys haven't seen the film yet. And uh, for one reason only, I, I, I honestly, I don't want them to see me hug another woman. I, I don't want to, I, you know, they're, 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 they're nine and six right now. And I don't even want to let them know that daddy can pretend that there's somebody else. You know, uh, when we shot the scenes at the dinner table, uh, my youngest son was looking at my wife. She sat in the chair and we had the conversation. So we played the scenes, me, my wife, and my son. And then when they turned the camera around, obviously it was the actress, Katrina Bowden. But, uh, you know, one of these days they'll be able to see it when they can understand that, okay, daddy kissed somebody else, but it doesn't mean something. It doesn't mean anything. Um, and that'll be, that'll be a highlight of my life, you know, uh, to see, to see, to see my oldest Charlie do jujitsu on camera, um, is, uh, you know, that, that'll be forever, you know? And, uh, it, 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 it truly touches my soul to be able to do that. Uh, the 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 ending scene when the uh, what's your what's your is it your oldest son the oldest my son? oldest son is Charlie my youngest Charlie. is Porter Charlie so Charlie shows up with the gloves my hands fit into this this glove now uh, I can I can come in you know um, just watching the movie after um, how, how does that make you feel like just just that 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 scene following in your footsteps. Uh, and 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 why you know why would why uh, for me for my as being as a as a parent all my kids train jujitsu, like I want them if they you know no matter what they do in their life I want them to have a black their black belts you know I want them to become black belts you know um, if they decide to you know do this for a profession or not but I want the character traits that being a black belt develops you know in them. So I, I probably answered the question a little bit, but the, the gloves, well, you know, well, that, for me, that symbolized that. That's, that's what I was getting at. Um, so I well, to you, you know, I, I think that's, that's, that's a metaphor for the choice. You know, like, like, like I said in the speech to Reno Wilson, um, who played uh, the, the owner of, of Raw, the Raw Gym, which, as you know, was probably, that, that, that role was really based on Rico Ceparelli from real American wrestling. Yeah, I recognize all of those pieces. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, Frank Trigg was, was back then, Vladi Matyashenko, and I remember going down there and training with those guys, uh, with Rico and them back in 01 with Matt Akins. You know, I think, I was, I think the first time I went in there and uh, uh, Howard from HKC, Howard Combat Kimonos would train there. I think I was the first time I walked in there was probably maybe a blue belt, maybe even a white belt. You know, I, it's a metaphor for you know, you, you making that decision of what you want to do with the martial art. The first conversation I had that I wrote was, I've already taught you the self-defense aspects of jujitsu. And, you know, that'll take care of just about anything that comes your way. But you're not going to fight until you're old enough to make that choice on your own. You know, you can decide what to do. I'll never give you a gift and tell you you have to use it this way. 
but I want you to give a gift and I want you to let it marinate long enough to where you're old enough to go, okay, here's where I want to apply that. And I'm like you, you know, there are plenty of parents out there. I'm, I'm sure you know, as you know, you have one of the most successful academy chains in California, which is hard to do. It's easy to have a successful academy and, you know, bumps where uh, Milwaukee, but to have, have, have them in LA, that's a different level altogether. And I'm sure, you know, countless times a parent will come and go, well, you know, I think now, you know, we're going to take a year off because I think we're going to try baseball. To me, that's like saying, uh, you know, we're going to stop learning math because my kid wants to uh, 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 play old maid. You're like, look, one's a life skill, one's an elective. One is something that, in my opinion, a child has to have to properly navigate the world. If you don't know self-defense, you are ill-prepared for life. If you don't know how to swim, you are ill-prepared for life. And yet there are countless parents out there that have raise kids that, don't, that if they fall off the boat, they're just going to die. What's going to happen? Well, we're going we're gonna to make sure they don't fall off the boat. Well, that's not okay with me. My kid is going to learn how to swim and not just learn how to stay afloat, but he's going to have such a command of the water that if his little brother gets in danger, he can save his little brother. My, my child is going to have such a command of self-defense, he's going to be prepared for somebody that attempts to bend his will. He's going to have the skill set to say no and have that no contain something more than just fucking hope, in my opinion. So as well, you know, you, you've probably occasionally lost students because they want to learn camping or they want to they play badminton or something, which is all, all fine and dandy, but it's an elective. In my, in my household, it's the same way. My boys are going to get black belts. They don't have to market it. They don't have to sell it. They don't have to do anything with it. They can make their own decision, but that's going to be in their back pocket. In the same respect is they're going to graduate high school. You know, if, you, if, you, if, 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 if my son says, you know what, I want to go to trade school. I want to learn a different crap. That's fine. You don't have to go to college. You're going to continue to learn and you're going to, you're going to be excellent in some field. It doesn't have to be something that, that means college, but you're going to be excellent in something. In the same regard, you're going to pass your O levels, your 12th grade level, your black belt level in jujitsu. You're going to. That's, that's just like math. That's just like reading and writing in my household. So that's, that's what that, that's what that, these gloves fit me. That means we're going to the next level. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, it's, it's a way of life, right? Way of life. And, you know, fa father, son, fa father, daughter, I have daughters as well, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, one of my daughters likes to, she likes wrestling too. It's, you always think it's like, because you have two boys, right? Uh, I do. You know, I thought it was just, it'd be like a boy thing, right? But nope, you know, my, my girls too. So it's a, it's a blessing. How, how old are they? Uh, my son is 13 and I have twin girls that are 12. Wow. So, we had, so everybody trains. What, be, what belt are they? I'm sorry? What, what belt are they? Uh, gray belts. My son is yellow. My son is yelling, and, and all the, all they all they've only ever known jujitsu, right? Yeah, as long as they remember the, being on the yep. mat, you know. Yep, my, my 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 boys too. They couldn't tell you when they started diapers. They they've just something they've always done. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy, interesting man. too because they, you know you don't really appreciate it. You know, it's just that's the way that's the way it is, right? But now some of the friends are like, oh wow, you you have uh you know you they have a gym. They're proud, right? And uh, so they're kind of learning, you know, how they're, they're learning a little bit to appreciate, you know, what they have, you know, so yeah, it's been, it's been a blessing. What I was going to say is like everything I have, every, every success, when you say the 50, you know, $50 million, you know, it wouldn't be with, 
it, my whole life wouldn't be what it is, you know. Uh, I mean, if I hadn't ha done those those times that I lived in Brazil and just all the experiences and the friendships, right, that we create uh, in the in the art, you know. And uh, you come back, you come from, uh, you know, you have the his other martial arts in your in your history, but jujitsu I feel like is different, you know. Uh, uh, and a lot of people they they agree with me, like martial art, a lot of longtime martial artists, you know. Um, I think because of the touch and just the way the way it is, you know, um, the grappling. It, it, it's, it's truly, it's truly a PhD from MIT comparatively. The analogy being, you know, university studies or post high school studies. That's what jujitsu is to me. It's a PhD from MIT. The, you, you, you cannot go any higher. There's not a more prestigious belt on the planet earth. And, and, and I've, I've, I've looked for all those belts. There, there, there's only one where if somebody knows it and the other person doesn't, there's almost a guaranteed loss there. I mean, I, I come from Taekwondo. The first belt is yellow. If, if, if you had a black belt uh, in Taekwondo that was 180 pounds and you took a strong safety from University of Texas and, 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 and that, 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 you'd have a fight on your hands. If that was jujitsu, it wouldn't even, it, it would, he could order pizza while he was submitting it. It, 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 it's just, you, you can't, the, 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 the mat doesn't lie. You know, you can, you can go into a Taekwondo studio and have a sparring match with the first colored belt, the yellow belt. I can't, I'll flip a coin. Who's going to win? You, go, go and go and train with any blue belt. It's going to be a very, very different experience. And I'm not talking about somebody that's a judo black belt. I'm not talking about a D1 wrestler. I'm talking about somebody that doesn't know any grappling. You go against a blue belt, yeah. unless something else happens and, and you come up during the challenge days. I mean, yeah. this happened all the time. People yeah. would come in all the time and I'm a student and it happened to me. I'm thinking, I got a day job. I, 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 how was this? But that, and not from a, a, a macho place at all. Cause it, it, it was it, the thought of holding up that name was horrific. Like what, 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 what if this guy is secretly a purple belt and I don't know, and I'm the first person to lose for what, how, how was that? It was horrifying. But you saw the truth come out in real time, not in theory, but in real tests. It's a it's a historic movie. I feel like the 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 you know Born a Champion, a historic jujitsu movie. And after I just I kept thinking about it, you know, um, just how you put all those those times down and people coming in to challenge you and you know uh, just all the, the the things that you had in the movie. Uh, just because, like you said, you not not like that. I, I love sports jiu-jitsu and of course I competed, you know, and, and, and I still compete and stuff, but, uh, but uh, you can't ever forget that it's for self, you know, for fighting, you should know how to fight and self-defense, however you want to say it, you know? And I think, uh, you know, some of the younger guys that don't, that aren't from the old school, like they, they can forget or they can kind of just think about the sport version, but it was built, it was grown. It's so popular now because of those times, you know? So. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, w the way I came up, and I'm sure the way you came up too, just, you know, every blunt force trauma was taken into consideration from every single position. If you could, if you could receive damage from there, you're, you're, you know, the, the, the priorities were very different. Number one, the priority was to stay safe. Then it was to find comfort to where you could last there. Then it was to apply the correct technique to get out. Well, if you take away blunt force trauma, then obviously I can apply all of my limbs negating my face and wrap up one limb to tilt you off balance to get a sweep. Yeah. 
but sweeps are very a lot more difficult when you have to protect yourself at the same time. So the, the, the diff, stylistically, the difference is that chasm is growing and it's growing and it's growing. And you are seeing some ingenious ways to use lapels to off balance and up. Uh, uh, there are some ingenious ways. But, but the, the, the more ingenious they get, the further the separation we go from, well, how, how now far am I removed from potentially protecting a vital organ? Right. And uh, there, there, there's wonderful breakthroughs that are coming out from it, but uh, we, we are starting to see a sizable separation in the two. Yeah. You know, when you talk about, when you talk to some of the old school uh, black belts, you know, like, you know, like the Sheik, you know, about, about he wants, they would try to make it an Olympic sport. And some of these old school guys, they don't want it to be an Olympic sport because they don't want it to, you know, turn just the sport. They want to, they never want to forget the, the martial art aspect, the self-defense aspect of it, you know? They're taking that that part away, you know, and I, I feel that, you know. You know, I, I think there'll always be the fighting part. Look, the pros and the cons are this. In order to make it a game, you know, unless there's a game that you can repeatedly play with a time limit, people are not going to put the time in to learn how to game that system and find little nuanced ways to specialize and capitalize on these points. And there are a lot of sport aspects that have changed the old school way for the better. Sure. Plenty. I mean, the, 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 the finite amount of positions that we started with, we've picked from the sport, but out of the, out of say 10 new evolutionary new moves, there's been one that you could use in a real fighting situation, but the sport aspect, how it has blown up and the, the, the mind boggling specificity in that game has increased the old school fighting martial art as well. I don't know that that rapid evolution would take place without sports. Mm. You know, I think there's absolutely a place for both. I, I don't think you'd get that evolution if, if we were just forced to, you know, compete with no time limits, only in confrontational situations. I think there's got to be a way that you can quantify somebody's skill set. Like, you know, okay, I'm going to reward you with points for when you can, you know, apply damage. I'm going to award you points from when you go from seemingly a bad position to a positive position. And some of those are going to be, they're, it, it, inevitably, they're going to be a little bit artificial. But make no mistake, they enhance the sport and the ability to stay alive. Right. Yeah, like the, the point system in IBGF and the jiu-jitsu, you know, they're, they're supposed to be, they're, they're good positions in a fight, right? Knee on stomach, mount, right? You can do damage, you can finish the fight like that right and that's what it was yep. based on uh it's just i'm just saying like i think of course like more people can practice and because we have more people practicing we're going to have more of an evolution right people are competing they're testing themselves with stress right in a real combat situation um it's a real combat but it is it's combat right uh competing going out there right because people can help you out you know um but the more people that can do it the more evolution we're going to have and there's always, you know, because the 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 mass, the amount of people, yeah, it's going to move, you know, a lot faster. And I think I think a big part of the evolution and, and the skill level, right, has been, is because of the sport, right, of the sport of jujitsu. You know, you know, one one of the one of the old school fighting guys that I follow on Instagram. I'm sure you've heard the name Tony Blauer. To Tony. Tony Blauer. Blauer, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, he, he's an old school, just a street fighting. And, you know, one of the thing, one of the best parts about 
training jujitsu where you actually really do it every single day. Like me and Alberta, we clap hands. You're going to try your best to snap my arm in half. That's going to make it stop. We have a trust. If I do that on you, you're going to stop immediately. But you're going to try with 100% of your ability to find my back and collapse my carotid artery. I'm going to retain my consciousness by a gentleman's agreement by doing that. One of the wonderful things that you know Tony preaches, and I, I've known since my traditional martial arts days, one of the biggest benefits is that adrenaline dump, that emotional spike of when you go to a tournament. Mm. Now, yeah, a tournament's not going to teach you any new specific skills, but it's going to teach you something that you're going to experience in any self-defense situation. You're going to have an adrenaline dump and an emotional spike, and suddenly colors are distorting, time is warped, and suddenly your access to what you thought you had 200 different techniques, suddenly you can only see two. And if you can find your way to anesthetize yourself through, the, through competition to where that two becomes four, becomes six, becomes 10, then finally you have access to all 200 years again. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I don't care how good you are. If you've never experienced an adrenaline dump and an emotional spike, you're a white belt. So, so tournament jujitsu, when you go show up there and the crowds are filled, every one of your buddies is like, Flannery's going to hundred percent win this. And you in your head, you're going, uh, actually, I don't know if I'm going to win this. Uh, God, I hope I don't let anybody down. You know, that weight, it, it seemingly, seemingly innocuous, but it's not innocuous. It does very different things to you. So simply competing when you know somebody that you, I don't, I don't know this person. I hope he's going to stop if he catches me in an arm lock and he hopes I'm going to stop if I catch him. But there's this unspoken rule, this brethren that we both train the same martial art. That's why I can honestly say I've never been put to sleep once. I've never injured a joint from jujitsu because I know what that means. And I parked my ego at the door. I've never let it go so far trying to get out of that arm lock that I tap and I get injured. I know when something is inescapable, but, but, Putting yourself in that situation every single day to where that type of duress doesn't, not only does it not break you, but it almost doesn't even shake you. Yeah. That's the difference in this martial art and something where you're doing katas and it's all theory. Yeah. I wish I could say the same with my arms and, and <laughs> not, not tapping out. <laughs> my, yeah. joints, my joints wish that for sure, at least, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, maybe maybe it's a product because, uh, you know, jujitsu's always been your day job. You right, 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 right. I've kind of always known, man, I I, I have to go to work tomorrow. And uh, yeah. but, you know, a, a part of me believes I, I would be this way anyway. I mean, I, I made it I made it a point to try and be the best student I could of this martial art. I wanted to understand not just the details, but the concepts, the if, the when, the why. The what happens if I don't? All the things that can happen if I do this, I, I want to learn to pull away somebody's defenses before I attack. And whenever, you know, Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain it briefly and concisely, you don't, know, you don't understand it thoroughly. Well, that's the way I want to be with all of these positions. And so from a white belt, I started to really teach myself when hope was gone and I'm the first person to tap. I, I've never pussy tapped like, oh, I, I, no, I probably could have got no. But I don't leave it too long because of my ego going, ah, maybe, maybe. And, I, and, and God bless. I hope it stays that way. But I've, I've never really yeah, had a jujitsu injury. That's the way, right? That's the, that's the, that's the way. That's the efficient, efficient way, right? To learn, to get better, right? So it's, you know, that, that is, you know, for sure.
as uh, I just wish my, my, I guess my joints wish that, you know, <laughs> but when you're, and you're living from it, right. Tournaments and fights, you know, like you, you want to win at all costs. Right. So. I know what you mean, brother. I know what you mean. <laughs> you know, I wanted to, I wanted to skip and, and, and uh, over to uh, how you started uh, Hollywood Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So when, when I first moved to Los Angeles, right. I spent a lot of time there, right. With, uh, with you guys. Um, right on La Cienega and um, Sunset, right? Pretty right there. Right, right, it was on La Cienega in between Santa Monica and Sunset Boulevard. And uh, we were there up until, you know, six years ago. Man, time is starting to accelerate. Man, the older you get, time accelerates. But, uh, you know, when, by, by the time I came back to the West Coast, you know, Hickson's Academy, Henry was sometimes teaching at Hickson's Academy, but mainly we were training in my garage. I had a garage full of mats, so I was training with Henry Aikens, um, and nobody really knew what was going to happen with uh, Hickson's. So I pretty much opened an academy for selfish reasons, because I, I wanted a place to train with everybody that I knew that kind of didn't have a home. Um, because uh, although Hickson's Academy wasn't closed, there wasn't a real instructor there all the time. Crone was still a kid. Um, and that's how it happened. I'd love to say that I foresaw the jujitsu explosion and I was such a early adopter. That wasn't it at all. I had no concept of this ever becoming, you know, one of the most popular martial arts at all. I mean, that was unheard of back then. I simply did it because I wanted a place for me and my friends that were sort of homeless to be able to train. And that's, that's, that's how it happened. I rented out space. I put the mats in myself. I, I, I taught myself how to stretch a tatami, um, you know, and then later we knocked out a wall and we expanded it, made it bigger. And then we moved up onto Sunset Boulevard. You know, it's, uh, it just kind of happened. Uh, you know, I'd love to tell you I was a genius business mind, but that's just simply not the case, man. I did it because I, I loved it and I didn't want it to go away. Yeah. What are the what are the good memories you have of you know having having a, a place like that for the community right for for you know the the you know for me I've been teaching right for 25 years now and so like it's in my it's in my soul right to to live that life and it's like my my uh, my you know my my who I am so how, what 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 is it what is it what has what has that given you to to have that in the community it wasn't well, happened well i'll tell you just recently like i said I'm, I'm up here in canada working right now and just recently uh one of my uh, what what was a child student his name was sabin park first name was sabin last name park and his mother just reached out to me and he, he he first came into my academy as a student i don't know 10 years ago um, again time could be more 10 years ago so he's been my student a long long time um and, and my students are really a part of every aspect of my life. I wrote a book in 2016 and I had a book talk at Barnes and Noble. The family and, and Sabin came to my book talk and everything else. Um, and I, 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 they've been a big part of my life. Well, I just recently well, wrote a recommendation. What was the name of the book? Uh, the book is called Jane Two, J-A-N-E, second word, T-W-O. Um, and uh, so it, as you know, it, 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 it truly is a family. But most recently, one of the, the, the most pleasurable requests that have befallen me in years 
is to write him a recommendation letter to get into school. Um, you know, he's accelerated the top of his class and his field to where there's an opportunity to hit, for him to be one of a single digit number of people in the United States to attend. And uh, I had an opportunity to write down my experience with him and to see him become one of the, 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 the leading kids in the country, you know, one of the leading minds and leaders in the country. So uh, that's what it means. You know, outside of my own direct uh, boys and my own family, it's, it's, you know, you know, it's the same as everybody, you know, nobody wants, no, nobody knows what to do with their life, but they all want another that lasts forever. Well, if you truly are chasing immortality, the only thing immortal is legacy. That's it. And uh, so if I can leave those little nuggets behind, you know, through my students or through my boys themselves, that's the closest I'll ever come, man. So getting an opportunity like that to be, to, to be instrumental in his progression, even a tiny bit is, is all the reward in the world, man. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. And you're in Houston now, correct? You live in Houston. I am in Houston now and, you know, same logo and everything. Now there's a Houston Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, uh, yeah, yeah. Just like there's a Holly HBJJ Hollywood and one for Houston. Uh, luckily we, we went to a city with an H. <laughs> has logo. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, when people, you know, it's easy to say you love something, but it's, it's, it's like my granddaddy always told me, he said, look for the truth in behavior and not words. If you follow me around for a day and you see where I invest my time, you'll see where my love is. My, 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 my love is on the mat. I spend three hours a day on the mat. I teach in a kid's class and then an adult's class. And I, 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 there's nothing else that I spend that much time with outside of my own family, you know? And, uh, it's because that's where my heart is. That's, you know, where one of the most important aspects of my legacy is. It's, uh, and uh, right, right now at the Houston Academy, that's where I spend all of my time. And even while I'm out of town, you know, as you know, I, I have, uh, I, I, watch, I watch the class going. I'll, I'll give an example. It's uh, um, when the classes are going on, I have full set of cameras there, so so I can watch. You know, I I can I can see that they're staying on curriculum. I can see, you know, here's here's the class that I watched two days ago. You know, and this is this is the camera up in the corner. I mean, that's how important it is to me. It's even when I'm out of town and I can't be there on the map. I'm watching it through my you know Wi-Fi lens uh, because that's. That's the second family that I have. Like you give, right? You give yourself, like you create, you create, you create this, you give. Um, do you think you receive back? Is that why you, is that why, why, why you, uh, why this means so much to you? What, what are the, what are some of the reasons you, you mentioned some, you know? Well, you know, I, like I said, um, the, every human alive, I think is self-serving. Every human alive. They're self-serving individuals and they're liars. Um, you know, Mother Teresa, it feels good to give to some people. If it, if, if it was nothing but pain, people wouldn't do it. Now, granted, it may seem like I'm just give all I'm doing is helping. But trust me, it makes me feel incredible to do it. If I didn't get that, I don't know that I'd care enough to help people. But I know it makes me feel good. And I also understand the concept of legacy. I understand that the, that the only thing that'll keep me alive 
is living a life worth remembering. And if, my, if I'm worthy of remembering, my kids are going to remember it. They're going to think, okay, daddy valued this. Now I value it. I'm going to keep that chain going. So it's completely, in essence, it's masturbatory. It, it's self-serving. I do it because it nourishes my soul. It's what I need to stay alive. I'd love to say all it is is painful and pain in the butt, but I do it anyway. For the, no, it's not true. I do it because it makes me feel good. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. I think that, you know, I, it, another thing my granddaddy told me, he said, you can give your kids stuff or you can give them a work ethic, but you can rarely leave them both. Mm. You know, if I leave my kids a bank account, what's, that's gonna, what's that going to do? That, that, that's easily exhaustible. But if I give them a skill set and a work ethic, they can get any bank account they want. And that's what I want to do for not just my own kids, but, you know, for my legacy. And those things are taught in a martial arts now. I think it's the last bastion of a meritocracy almost on the planet Earth mm. where you either earn it or you don't. I don't care that you've been training three years and he's been training one and he got his first stripe and you didn't. Maybe you need to consider what you've done on the mat. There is no bell curve. There is no affirmative action. I, I will never hold somebody accountable for things that are out of their control. But I will hold them accountable for everything that is within their control. And that red mat that I have at my academy is one of the last bastions where you look in the mirror and if you see it, you did it. And if you don't see it, you didn't do it. That's it. And I, 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 w w whether, you, whether you think you're a great person or a shitty person, at least you know who you are when you look in that mirror that, it, that is my red mat or your blue mat at your academy or gray or whatever color it is. It's a, it's, it's a truth serum, man. And I think everybody needs that in their life. Everybody. And I know it nourishes me to do this. I leave that mat after teaching four hours and people say, oh my God, you know, I sponsor students. I'm sure you do too. A lot of my students train for absolute free. We provide geese and everything for free, but that's part of being a martial artist. If you don't end up giving back, I, I think you question your black belt. If you don't leave something behind, because somebody gave that to you. Mm. And part of me feels good. I sleep better at night after those four hours. So it is self-serving. I get something out of it. I get peace of mind. I get the feeling that I did something worthwhile. And that's irreplaceable, man. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's it. That's it. Um, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, you even had Hansel Gracie on in the movie. <laughs> That's a crazy acting in the movie. How did that happen? How did you get him to 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 come? Man, out? let me let me tell you let me tell you something about Henzo Gracie. <laughs> um, Henzo Gracie, in my opinion, is one of the the most wonderful people in this entire martial art, <clears throat> bar none. Um, mm. When my book came out, you know, anybody that knows me will tell you I, I'm not a I, I'm not one of my biggest flaws is I, I, it's hard for me to ask for help. It's one of my biggest problems. Um, uh, probably a bigger problem than I'm willing to admit. But uh, on occasion, I've reached out to people and asked for favors. I'm not a big call-in favors guy. But a handful of people, I called and I said, hey, would you uh, – I, I got an opportunity. I, I wrote a manuscript, and I happened to get it published um, by one of the biggest publishers on the planet Earth. And, and it, it, I'd like some of my friends, people that are important to me, that influence my life, to read it and maybe offer a few words, the blurbs on the cover, the the, the – the book cover the flap um and you really find out you know who who, who the real people are in the world because out of 100 people that i sent it to less than 10 responded to even give it a read henzo was one of the first 
and I don't even know him that well. I mean, I, 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 I mean, at that point, I hadn't, I don't think I'd ever sent an email to him though, ever in my life. I've spoken to him on the phone. Clearly, I've trained with him, etc. But he wasn't one of my daily peers at all. But he was one of the first to respond. Absolutely, send it to me. He read it in a week and sent me back his words. When it came time to shoot the film, I, I, in full disclosure, I tried to reach out to two people, Hickson and Henzo. Henzo called me back the next day. He said, what city? When do you need me? Where do you need me for how long? And to be honest, brother, that doesn't happen in this world at all. Certainly to nobody that's, you know, the Michael Jordan of their sport. I, I, I reached out to two people and one person called me immediately, you know, it's and he showed up. And, and brother, that, that to me is like, it, 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 it truly hit me. It hit me, you know, because people don't do that. I have people that I spoke to three times a week that to this day haven't read it. But Henzo did. Henzo did, man. And I, it, it, it fucks me up even kind of thinking about it now, you know. It's like, uh, and that dude just showed up on set and said, where do you need me? What do you want me to say? I was truly in awe, man. Truly in awe. From a, he's from another universe, you know, I can't even, he's, all the things that he does, all the stories I hear, you know, that I've experienced with him too. It's just like, and he, st he still does it, right? Every day, yep. all day. I feel like he doesn't sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I defy, I defy any man to remain depressed after talking to Henzo Gracie. I defy you to attempt to stay down. When that man turns his back and walks away, if your if your mouth isn't curling up on the ends, check for a pulse. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. What are you most grateful for in your uh, your martial arts journey? Legacy and family. I'm, I'm I'm most grateful to be to have in possession something that I'm continually refining. You know, if we were to train today. I'd leave there and I would go home and I would write down three or four or five things that you caught me with or that you, 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 you just unbalanced me with. And my brain is always working like that. So when I say in possession with it, don't by no means mistake me for a completion, but to have something in my possession that's worthy of leaving behind to select individuals to go, yep, yeah, those two over there, not getting it. But those three come over here. Here you go. That's it's legacy and family and to, 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 to be able to share those things and to see on the face, the people that see it for the first time, you know, like, like the first time that Matt Aikens finished me from every conceivable position, the look on my face, I can only imagine what it must be like. I'm thinking I'm doing triathlons at the time. I, I, I'm a, I was a stud athlete. I've competed in, I, I went to the junior Olympics in track. I was on my first football team when I was six. There's not been a six month run of anything where I didn't compete at the highest level. And this person comprehensively destroyed me the look on my face must have been pure astonishment like they pulled the curtain back and seen the wizard and now i'm on the receiving end of that i can see it in the faces when people are like i i can't it's not computing and to be able to hand that off is uh, priceless man yeah you see we talk, i met we mentioned i mentioned tackfit the 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 system the movement system you know uh -huh. um, I'm so passionate. I, of course, I you know how I feel about jujitsu and, and and martial arts. 
uh, specifically jiu-jitsu. But, uh, you know, I was, I was, you know, I had so many injuries in my body. I was, I don't know if I told you, but I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis uh, from my second M, uh, fight MRI that I had to do in California, you know. So like 2012, you know, it's already eight, nine years ago. Uh, and I was in really bad shape, of course, with all the injuries. And so I had a difficulty, you know, like walking and, you know, talking and a lot of things, you know. Um, you know, you kind of just keep pushing forward, like, I'm okay, I'm okay. But, uh, you know, I was in really bad shape. Everything hurt to, to move, you know, like just to put the seatbelt on was almost, you know, it was just, it hurts. So I didn't do it, you know, to turn my neck, you know, to look behind me. So, uh, so this guy, Scott Sana, the creator of TACFIT, he introduced me to, uh, yeah, the system. He helped me for one of my UFC fights, actually, back in 2000, actually, right when I was over there with you guys. And, uh, and I, I got thrown on my head. And usually, you know, it's like four to six weeks, you take four to six weeks. You know, you get, you take pain pills and, you know, you see doctors, sometimes they even say surgery, right? And you never really fully heal. And uh, I healed in a week. And it was that one thing that I never forgot, you know, and I always wanted to train in it. And then after my MS diagnosis, fast forward, you know, five years or whatever that was, I show up at his certification and uh, I felt myself, you know, I was taking ibuprofen probably for, you know, over 10 years, 15 years, I don't even know. Um, every day almost just to kind of deal with with pain and i felt myself improving with within a week i started taking stop taking ibuprofen i started to heal and feel myself getting better and better and better and uh my not just that you know my my joints and my body but my brain started to work better everything just started to connect internally like i hadn't dreamt for 10 years and my first dream was we use these club bells like these bat looking things you know i'm gonna say yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah i'm yeah. gonna say a couple like old school wrestlers and you know in iran and in india right that's that's what they used to train yeah they're they're made out of steel and you know we have this you know design so uh yeah so that my first dream was using those things and the technique with the correct breath and the correct structure you know um and you know if you go down the guy the guy's just on another level he was dyslexic he had a learning disability so it's you know it's based on that you know like all this neuroscience and a lot of the technology didn't exist back then. So a lot of people criticized them, you know, um, but now it's all science, you know? So anyway, it changed my life and uh, I get to kind of connect both of these things that have done so much for me, you know, tag fit jujitsu, you know, and I want to, I want my friends to be able to be their best at every decade, every age of their lives, you know? Um, and so <laughs> I, I, gonna, I know what you mean, brother. I'm going to look into that, man. Yeah. I'll send you a couple club bells for you to play around with and I'll send you some, some technique things, you know, so you can learn how to brother, to, please, please do man. Please do. Cause I, it's like, it's like, it's like body flows. Like we do like, like these movement flows, you know, cause I never, I was never into like yoga, you know, but like, it's like these flows and then it's, it's in combination with the, with the club bells, you know, that kind of work it was called CST circular strength training. And then, and then evolved into the tactic, like recovery from stress. Any, anything that will, that will ensure that I can keep going on this path longer, man, I'm interested in that because, you know, yeah. you see, you see guys falling off and, you know, certainly, you know, now I have, I don't have back issues by any stretch, but sometimes I'll wake up and I got to like, okay, yeah, just yeah, for sure. let it's, me. It's, it's amazing, you know, and it doesn't have to be like that. And you, it's like, we never learn these things, you know, like recovery things and, just all the things that the yin and the yang, right? And so, you know, we, you know, we learn to hard, hardcore everyday puhada, you know, like, you know, that's how we trained, right? And so it's so beautiful now I get to kind of get the other side, you know, of, of things, you know, 
uh, as well. And, you know, like I said, it's it changed my life. It's given me my life back. So I kind of get to give, you know, also give back in this way, you know. So I definitely. Just so it. you know, I don't believe in everyday pohada. I believe in pohading like four or five, six times a day. <laughs> one of my That's black bare minimum. One of my black belts <laughs> lives in Houston, and he his Instagram is uh, is uh, sometimes pohada. <laughs> sometimes pohada. Five day a week pohada. Anything other, anything in excess is uh, too much pohada, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes but, pohada. Yeah. The way of life, right? The way of life. That's the. Of course. I think always comes back to that. I did. I did a podcast with Boyce Gracie a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know, it always comes back to the same thing. Like the biggest thing is like it's the way of life that this gives gives us, you know. So uh, yeah, I want to keep that going. I want my friends. You know, they can't train anymore because of their lower back or whatever issues that they have, and this stuff is you know, tactic that allows you to heal everything, you know, and prevent you know. So. Well, man, I'm I'm into anything that'll buy buy me more days, man. Because yeah. I, you know, I, I don't I I want to keep going until you know the day before. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So, man, thank you so much. You know, uh, your grandfather. Like I always thought, I remember him. You tell me stories about him, but I always assumed I guess it was in Los Angeles. But that makes sense. You're in the South. You you would tell me stories of him throwing you in the pool, and uh, yeah. a hearty guy. And so that's what I remembered. And I just assumed that he was doing it in Los Angeles, but <laughs> <laughs> no, Texas, nope. man, Texas. That, that makes sense, you know, but man, amazing, amazing, uh, amazing, like movie, like, like, you know, it's, it's history, you know, and I'm so grateful that I can, I, can, I was telling all my students, you know, of course, after I watched it um, with my family, um, just about it, you know, but just, it's a beautiful um history you know history piece like that those times aren't going to happen again you know and the, that you captured every single moment of my history you know the raw gym the you know like i don't know if the, it was a silva that you kind of uh you made the the character kind of yeah so, was he doing yeah, that yeah. in the movie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i didn't even catch that but uh just this the way he was you know it was a total vandalist silva like universal i don't know if you remember the universal uh valetudo championships in brazil of course man yeah, yeah. So like yeah. I was like oh my god I'm like uh, I was like I was like like a little kid you know watching the movie yeah. and uh, I was I was kind of looking at my kids to kind of see if they could pick up pick up how they reacted to it you know and then my wife too like watching it so it's it thank you man thank you for that gift and um, um, thank you thank you for your example you know for for always being true and grounded from with with jujitsu because of jujitsu so thank you. No, brother, it, you know, it, 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 conversely, th thank you for watching, brother. I mean, you've always been somebody that I've looked, looked up to just as a man, seeing how you've, you know, you had, you had successful shit all over New Mexico, and you pieced out on that, and you showed up in L.A. with nothing, and you blossomed it. You, you bloom where you're planted, man. And then you tra somebody transplant, you bloom again. So not just your martial arts, but your business acumen. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a leader in this industry, brother. So, so just the fact that you you watched it without me asking you to watch it, man. And is, is, is truly an honor, brother. So thank you, man. Thank you. Real, real recognizes real, right? Thank you. Thank you. brother. <laughs> God bless. Man.